Hey Tribe, Now Alchemy is a global pioneer of Ormus Gold and all natural absorption enhancement technologies. Archer Love founded Now Alchemy out of the passion to bring forth health products that you can truly trust. Today, Now Alchemy is the leading in the world's youth regenerating, anxiety relieving, conscious expanding remedies for everything the body needs. Some of the things I love most about Now Alchemy is not only do they utilize the abundant principles in sourcing from only the highest quality and most ethically farmed ingredients on the planet, but Archer Love makes these elixirs himself, infusing crystals and esophageal frequencies into each batch to raise their vibration in his sacred laboratory while keeping costs low and affordable. I have personally benefited so much from their Ormus and all of the elixirs that I love are the mushroom elixirs for the brain power and the shilaji elixir for focus and stamina. I use it all the time and I love it. I stand behind the integrity of Now Alchemy wholeheartedly and highly recommend all of their elixirs. Use discount code SHAMAN for 11% off your purchase. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. The definition of freedom. So many people have an idea of freedom. For some, freedom means having lots of money in the bank and the ability to do what you want when you want. And for others, freedom means having someone who loves you unconditionally that you can share your life with. And for others, freedom means having a job that you love that every day you get up, you get to go to because you love it so much. And for others, freedom means not being hurt by someone or hunted by someone. And for others, freedom means not having to follow the rules of what people expect. And that if you don't, your life could be in danger. Freedom is a very interesting thing on our planet and what it means and how it shows up. For me, I've always thought of freedom as the ability to shine and radiate without fear. To me, true freedom is to live without fear. I always felt like fear was this uh, kind of interesting entity. You know, this entity that comes with a bunch of information that is 
you know, held in a, a thought pattern that is not operating from the possibility field. Fear comes in and tells you all the things that could happen to you that's horrible or that you could die, which is always the big one. You'll die, right? It comes in and tells you all the horrible things that can happen to you, which always leads to the idea that you can die or that you'll be alone or that you'll suffer or you go through pain. And the thing is, in that moment, when we listen to that fear, when we engage it, we're literally putting our own shackles on and we're enslaving ourselves to some idea that we didn't even examine properly. An idea that just wistfully came into your life and you chose to just all out believe in whatever it was telling you. And that's the interesting thing I find about darkness and the beings in the underworld is that they know that human beings haven't gotten to the point yet completely doesn't mean that there's not people out there who are doing their very best to stand up to fear but to truly step into a place where fear is no longer existent on our planet and that the understanding of fear that the darkness wants you to have becomes different and it just becomes an energy surge that is actually creating momentum and creating that spark, that ignite, that energy, right? That blast off to create or innovate or teach or share or love or care or support or lift and shift to discover and so much more. The fear aspect of life that I see in humanity is truly what I call the wordless conversation. <laughs> You're thinking, what? What are you talking about, Shaman Durek? It, it, it is. It's the wordless conversation. It, it literally means that like whatever fear is coming up, it's because there's missing information and that missing information is somewhere else. It's not with you. And so because whatever it's coming up, you just react to it because you don't have the information. So it's a wordless conversation. It's just missing words. It's kind of like playing a game called where's the missing word? Is the missing word going to shift you out of your fear or keep you in it? You see, the thing is, when someone's afraid of something, instead of them just reacting or being so completely taken over by it, what if you realize it's just a wordless conversation? It's a conversation with some being, some energy that's there that is telling you information without giving you the old part of the information that could be given to you, such as, don't walk across this bridge because you could fall. Okay. But there's other information that can be given to you, such as if you walk across this bridge, not only are you going to have the most amazing experience, you're going to overcome things in your life that you never thought you could overcome, which are going to open up new doorways for you in the weeks to follow. That is going to put an end to a lot of things that have been causing you conflict and harm in your life. 
such as not being able to pay your bills on time or the fact that you haven't been able to find true love. Just you walking across that bridge is going to develop a huge amount of courage and strength and the fun and joy of knowing that you can do that and overcome it has now just opened up a doorway of possibility. There's the information that's different from the one that you've been given. Because fear's whole idea is to leave out a whole bunch of information and create this wordless conversation, meaning words missing from the conversation that could open you up to the idea that what you're afraid of doesn't need to be and doesn't need to happen. Because look, at the end of the day, you get to make a decision which words you choose to listen to. That's so interesting, right? When you think, when you think about it. When you think about the fact that darkness comes in and has a conversation with you, but it's a wordless conversation. It leaves out a lot of information. And if you are just a person who's like willy-nilly listens to every little negative thought that goes through your head, I guarantee you, you are going to feel not good because your thoughts are creating your emotional feelings because your feelings are like, hey, I just want to express and I just wanted this and I just wanted that. But in order to do so, I need a road to walk on and travel on. And what creates that road? Your thoughts. So if I create my thoughts to be in alignment with information that is me being able to continue live this lit life, then, well, then I overcome fear. And then I have true freedom. Because the idea of anything restricting you or holding you, limiting you, is literally the opposite of freedom. And there have been so many revolutions on our planet for freedom. Freedom of, 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 of being able to just live. Freedom to be able to share space with someone because you're a different color. Freedom to be able to be loved just because you choose to be with the same sex. Freedom is a huge, huge paramount word in expression on our planet. And yet we still have a way to understand it. Because to truly understand freedom is to remove, eliminate, or transfigurate fear. Fear, 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 fear. What, 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 what do I hear? And the question is, do I accept it? Fear, 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 fear. What is that I hear? And shall I make it disappear? Or do I bring words in to change its path? That is something I should ask if I want to live my best life, I better learn right now. Fear, 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 fear. What is it I hear? You're telling me something horrible is going to happen to me. But the truth of the matter is I choose to be free. So I'm going to find those missing words and change my situation. Well, that's basically what it's about. Because fear, 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 what do you hear? 
Then you have to find the missing words to make fear disappear. Because the moment you find those missing words and add to the conversation is the moment you shift fear to a new vibration. When we step into life and sometimes feel like a knife, we can change the narrative by finding the missing words. When we hear fear, we can make it disappear. All we have to do is find the right words. Finding the right words is like a road map that opens up the world to you. You can find the missing words and you can do everything you set out to do. Fear can disappear if you find the right, right words and you can be free like a bird in the sky you can fly real high so remember fear 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 what do i hear i have the power to make you disappear but all I have to do is find the word so true and then I set my life anew. I always did like that one. New. Hmm. That's much better. That is the way to keep yourself free and stay away from the missing words you hear and see so you and me can be free again free again free much nicer that's funny. And we can set our life and live a very lit, lit life. So if you ask me, I think the key here is really to, one, pause. Take a moment with fear. Don't just like spiritually bypass it. Like just push it away like it doesn't even matter because it does every time fear shows up it's an opportunity for you to find the missing words and create something new basically find the key to your shackles or your shackles that could be if you listen to the fear the more you do it the less you'll be affected and you'll realize that wow fear comes up and it always stays because I keep engaging what it says. <laughs> or said. Or says. Or says. The point is, 
All jokes aside, we have to be more mindful and diligent in the way in which we deal with fear. If we are going to make fear disappear, we have to be aware of what we hear. Again, you may get a feeling that comes to you that's fear. Then you need to find the missing words to create a schism in what you hear and what you feel so that you can create something new. It's a simple power, but yet not everyone is using it. How many people on the planet do you see who are slaves to fear? Slaves. Walking dead. Slaves. So long in slavery that they become the walking dead. Zombies. Robots. Bobbleheads. For what purpose? Because they're so afraid they can't even live their life. And they wonder why people don't want to live on the planet anymore, why people are dropping off like flies. Your soul wants to express itself. Your soul wants to expand. Your soul wants to accomplish things that people say is impossible because your soul is a dynamic source of limitless creation. And it is not going to be put into a little box or a little square or a tiny little cup, or some little, little bottle you find and sitting at the bottom of the sea. No, your soul wants to shine and radiate and expand like a giant sun radiating light to other parts of the universe and galaxy. And it can't do that when you are playing small and tiny and itsy bitsy and teeny weeny to the point where you disappear and you don't even see it anymore because you're so small. And that's kind of weird and strange in the fact that you're actually a living giant in this tiny little bottle or your tiny itsy bitsy box. You're a giant trying to squish yourself into a bottle or squish yourself into a box so that you don't feel like you're upsetting other people with your magnificence, geniusness, your creativeness. Oh, screw them. Screw it all. If you want my opinion. At the end of the day, you have to be what you are, that giant, that powerful giant who's not in a box, not in a tiny little bottle, who is standing here and saying, I'm here and I'm now, and that is the only now and time that I have right in this moment now, meaning in this embodiment, not now like in now, but like now in this embodiment, like you are living now. And that means that whatever you are living and whoever you are, you've got to be who you are. And that means that you've got to find those missing words so that you can make fear disappear and live your lit best life. Boom, shakalaka, boom, shakalaka, boom, shakalaka, boom. Living your best life. The quality of life that you live bases mostly on your thoughts, your thoughts either not governed by fear or your thoughts that are no longer with fear, therefore giving you free reign to be free, which is freedom, the ability to recognize yourself in a moment when nothing is holding you back. Think of the possibility and the things you could do. Think of the expansion. Think of how amazing. It will feel to not be a slave to your chains and to these, these false concepts and these ideas and words that were given to you through fear, through the darkness, 
who's betting on the fact that you are not going to look for those missing words. Because either one, you're super busy or you're too focused on that those ideas in your head must come from you, so they must be real. Well, here's a little checking point. They're not. And here's another checking point. Your thoughts aren't you. As you probably have heard me say this before in other shares. Your thoughts are accumulation of information, words, and dialogues, verbs, and nouns, and everything brought together to create a narrative, either one that you accept or you don't accept. And if you do accept it, then you follow it and you find the impulses and the people and the connections that make it so that your narrative is real. Thanks to the ego that makes you support your narrative by keeping you in alignment with the narrative that you've created with the words that you've chosen. So why not choose different words? Words that inspire, words that make your fire, words that take you higher, words that build your fire, words that create desire to be you, the powerful you, you are. Now that's something, right? It's to be able to find those words, those magical words, those keywords, those special words that basically break down the walls, that build new buildings, build new landscapes, creates new dimensions, opens up new pathways, and creates a new lit life for you. And all it's waiting for you to do is simply step into that space and say, hey, you know what? Like, I really don't really like the words that I've been using because those words keep me falling off a cliff or falling into mud or falling into a scorpion pit or a bunch of snakes or spiders or whatever that stuff that they use in the movies that scares the crap out of us when we see someone fall into it. Quicksand, for instance. Who likes quicksand? Can't even get out unless someone helps you. That sucks. I like to be independent and I can't even get out of quicksand. Who wants to fall in quicksand? Who wants to fall into a bog where you're stuck down there and you starve to death? I don't think so. It's not fun. And the only reason why you would fall down there is because you keep following the stupid words that have been fed to you by the darkness and you're not creating the new words by finding the missing words to fill in the blanks to create a new story and a new dialogue, therefore creating a new narrative that your ego, which follows your narrative and keeps your narrative real for you, gets in alignment with, and then all of a sudden, kaboom, kabam, shazam, and you have a whole new life ahead of you, a whole new life in front of you, a whole new life around you, a whole new life above you and below you. And let me tell you, there's nothing like changing the scenery. It's kind of like when you dream at night, right? Like you have a scary monster chasing you down in the dream with a knife, or perhaps they have claws and fangs, or maybe they're zombies. Who knows? Who knows what your subconscious mind is connecting to? And the point of the matter is, spirits from the underworld go into your dreams actually to see if you can keep those narratives going so what you're doing in the dream world like when you're having these things chasing you and doing all these things and fear 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 is showing up the darkness's whole thing is to enter into the the landscape of your dreams and to see if you keep running from fear which means you keep accepting that the fear that they're sharing with you is real and it's yours and you better take it on and you better embody it and it's really happening and the zombie's going to eat you so you better run find something to save your life jump up on a truck get out of there climb on top of the building whatever darkness just wants to see how much of the fear motivates you into believing in it that's kind of wicked isn't it i'd say so but here's the thing right when you start to think in the way of shamanism okay 
Shamanism is about relationship. Shamanism is about the type of relationship that you build with things around you, even the scary things, right? Even the scary things, if you have a relationship with it, you have more power over it. In the sense, not power over it like you're gonna control it and be like, oh, but power over it in the sense that you're actually going to not be affected by it. Oh, now that is something to work with. Or should I say love with? Because we don't want to work with it. We want to love with it. So loving with it over this idea that you have to like submit to it. When you have those dreams where that monster is chasing you and it's like, I'm going to eat your arm. I'm going to eat your neck or whatever it's telling you in your dreams. You turn around and you say, I love you, man. I love you. And here are some new words that I found that I think would be really great. You are a beautiful flower pot with beautiful smelling flowers. And all of a sudden the zombie goes, poof, and it turns into a flower pot. You're like, wow, that's cool. So this whole scary dungeon thing that I'm in is a beautiful glass building over sitting over on top of an ocean with dolphins, you know, going through the water and then poof. And all of a sudden there's a glass house and you're looking at the ocean with dolphins. And then you say, oh, this this, uh, this um, you know, scary monster, this thing that's trying to kill me is actually this beautiful friend who's come to bring me powerful information that's going to enhance my life. And then, poof, and there's also some person standing in front of you telling you all these wonderful messages to take back to the waking world or the sleeping world or the waking world. It's your choice. And is there to enlighten you with these whole new messages and ideas, which is pretty rad and pretty cool. And I have to say... It's all because you were willing to find words to change the story. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you, you, you got a story, right? So you have like a piece of paper and you're like, fear comes in and it's like the darkness comes in and it like starts writing the story for you. And you're like watching this paper that had no words on it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, right before your eyes, these words start appearing on a piece of paper and it's like, you will lose your job and you unless you go to work and work really hard and make money you will lose your job and you won't pay your bills and then you're like most people just look at the paper and just watch the words appear on the paper and absolutely just start crying and screaming and being scared and having anxiety and like all kinds of other really uncomfortable emotional things that are happening to you both physically and emotionally and mentally because you're reading this horrible script that darkness is writing for you and because you think that this is something that you're doing, so you just assume that this is the written in stone and this is the way it's got to be. But this is where the truth of source intelligence comes in, right? This is what LIT means, lit, light intelligent teacher. So as a light intelligence teacher, your responsibility is to grab your magic eraser, put it in your hand, and erase some of those words in there that don't really make sense to the sentence and then fill in your own so you go in and you're like oh okay so you're gonna lose your job and then you change you get ready to lose and you say lose your job you say you're gonna get promoted in your job <laughs> or you're gonna find a job that really suits you and it's gonna bring a lot of um, opportunities for you and make you very happy and by being happy you're gonna get involved with a team the team's gonna be working on a project that's gonna be super successful it's gonna be extra money in your pocket it's gonna allow you to buy that dream house and you know you go and you actually look at your paper and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. I wrote a whole new story. Amazing. And then darkness is like, oh, oh, my God. They keep listening to ancient wisdom today. And Shaman Durek is giving them the keys. 
to understand how to take that piece of paper we've been writing on. And now he's taught them how to change the words by finding missing words and putting them into the place on the piece of paper. And now their whole story has changed. And now the ego's seeing it. And now the ego's creating the narrative. And now all the people and all the places and all the things are now showing up for them. And life is becoming great for them. And now they're sharing more love and more happiness and more joy because they have money in the bank and things are happening and things are expanding and all these things. And they're helping all these people. So then we have to find someone close to them who's not aware of this information because they don't, they're not a part of the tribe yet. They're still stuck in the, in, 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 in the land of sheepism, the sheeples. We have to find more sheeple that's close to them that they're still friends with or family members. And we have to write on their piece of paper um, things that they could say to um, that person who's now shining their light and see if we can bring them back to accepting what we're, what we're telling them their life should be like so that they can so we can feed off of their light and so and keep our world of darkness going. So let's see, uh, maybe their aunt, their aunt's been going through a lot of difficulty and she just went through a breakup, you know, and she's been always very opinionated through their whole childhood. So they're, of course, they're gonna know that their aunt's opinionated. And so we're just gonna make her opinions be very negative and very projecting onto them of what they shouldn't be so happy about and that the world isn't as happy and full of joy and happiness as it should be. And then to tell all the horrible stories of why the world isn't this way and let's get them to accept it because they love their aunt so much and their aunt is always from a place of truth for them. So they have no idea that their aunt is been taken over by our narratives that we've been writing for her, which is keeping her in this very, you know, dumpy, frumpy energy. So, okay, all right, everyone of the darkness, we have a plan. We're gonna infiltrate their aunt. We're gonna make sure the aunt tells them things that brings them down so they can get back to what we want. And then all that happiness and joy and lifting and shifting and all that light energy they're sending out by being these radiating balls of light is gonna turn back into them using their powers for the darkness through fear and sadness and hurt and disappointment. And that's what we're gonna have them write on their piece of paper because they're gonna start believing in it again. All right, we've got a plan. I mean, literally, that is how strategic the darkness is. And I'm not saying this to you to be like, be scared of the darkness. Ooh, watch out for the darkness. Oh my God, the darkness will get you. No, what I'm really saying here is that you have power by knowing the truth. You have power by knowing the truth and that power is giving you the ability to be ahead of what the darkness is doing. So when that aunt or that friend or that coworker or that old friend from high school or even your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend starts spewing words that they want you to write into your, your amazing script of life that they want you to believe that's when you need to know what's happening. That is why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because you got to hear what is being said to you. You have to hear the words that are coming out of people's mouths towards you so you know, oh my goodness, they're not on the lit train yet. That's why they're saying these things to me. You have to know how to counterbalance this type of curse, these negative afflictions that are being darted at you and arrows thrown at you. Look, true protection 
is in knowing, and true protection is in hearing and seeing with your eyes the actions and behaviors. Are they holding the frequency of love? Do they represent love? Are they kind? Are they loving? You will never hear me say to a person, because I am a shaman and the role of a shaman is a lover. You would never hear me say to a person that their dreams would never come true or that they're evil and they're bad and that they're this and that they're that and words that are spewing dialogue and words to put on their paper of life. No. You would never see me withhold a hug or a gentle touch or rub of the back or look into your eyes. Because a shaman or a spiritual person, I don't care if you're a priest, if you're a minister, I don't care if you're a Buddhist monk, I don't care whatever you are, if that person is not holding the foundation of the library of love, of infinite words that expand and create beauty, love, opulence, joy, happiness, healing, transformation, prosperity, and abundance for all beings in their words, in their actions, and the conversations they have with you, you know who is writing words for them to tell you. They are being what we call infiltrated. You may have infiltration in your home. You might have infiltration with someone around you. And you have to know how to counterbalance it. And the way you do that is you say, I love you so much. And I appreciate you taking the time to share with me your ideas and thoughts. However, at this time, I cannot take that in because it's not coming from love. And I know that you are a being of love and that you have love inside of you. And I know that your words and your ability to match those words with love can come out of you. Because I know how powerful you are and how loving you are and how nurturing you are and how you want the best for me and for yourself and for everyone on this planet. So until you speak from a place of love, I cannot listen, nor will I listen. The only thing I know is that you are more greater than this. And I would ask you from the wisdom of your heart and the wisdom of my heart, that you would choose words that inspire and delight and bring awe and bring prosperity and bring choices that lead us forward in the light. You see, darkness will infiltrate the people around you. And mindfulness of the, what you hear to make fear disappear, to bring words in that change the narrative so that your ego can follow the narrative that is right for you to be your greatest self and your live your greatest life on the paper of life. That is it. And I know, and I know that what I've shared with you today not only has created a giant spark inside of you, that your mind has expanded and your vision has increased 
and you will see, hear, and know when infiltration is happening. And you will know when fear is present and you will know how to find the words to make fear disappear. Because I know who you are and I know you know who you are. And that is what I have to say about that. Love you. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. 2020 is the year of transformation. What better way to upgrade your life than to spend three days with some of the world's biggest biohacking experts at the 7th Annual Biohacking Conference. It is the place to be this year, especially if you're looking for ways to transform your mind and transform your life. This is an amazing opportunity for all of you to get connected with your tribe and discover your unlimited potential. I will be leading, also getting connected with other leaders that are going to be there. Another lit talk this year. So come join me with other speakers such as Dave Asprey, Vishen Lakani, Amy Purdy, and Kyle Cease. And take the first step into transforming your life at the 7th Annual Biohacking Conference on March 27th to the 29th in Beverly Hills. Visit UpgradeLabs backslash conference. That's U-P-G-R-A-D-E-L-A-B-S dot com slash conference and use the code Shaman Durek to get 30% off your ticket. This event will sell out. So make sure you get your ticket soon, tribe. I'm so excited for you to be there, to share so many powerful experiences with you and to share so much love, all of us together at the Biohacking Conference. Offer expires March 16th. Love you. Welcome to another Tribe Share. This episode features a song called The Collective by Tara Thompson. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Tara Soul Music. That's T A R A. S-O-L-M-U-S-I-C. Enjoy, tribe. Can be so deceiving. Always tell. 
Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. Hey Tribe, so I am very excited to share um, about this amazing product. The company is called Ned. And, and I, I, you know, I know a lot of people are always wondering, like, okay, when I'm sharing lit verified, you know, products, but this product is something very special because, you know, I've been recently getting into CBD, really understanding it and like really doing a lot of research about it. And because of the fact, as you know, I'm about bringing science and spirituality together as I am, a, um, you know, a regular on the TV show, the doctors and talking a lot about things that are here to help people and make changes in people's lives. I really believe in the ethicalness of this company because, you know, not only because of the fact that they, you know, show all of their research and everything that they're doing and like really open about letting you know where their things are coming from in their company, which is nice because it, it feels safe when you, when a company is so open like that, but also the fact that you know, all of Ned's products are made organic and whole and come from natural ingredients, which is really important, especially when it's dealing with our tribe, because we want things that are natural and we want something that's good for our body, that's cohesive with our body, and that is connecting with us. On top of that, you know, I really love the idea that Ned only sources its products from local farms and communities, which is supporting the local farmers and communities. And that's something about really building on our planet that we have to do more of instead of like going to another country in another place and not really knowing what we're getting. And I really believe in that. And, and not only that, but on top of that, Ned energetically infuses all of its products with binarial beats, positive affirmations, and happy vibes. Now, I mean, come on, can you can you can you get any better than that? If you want to check out Ned and try CBD, we have a special offer for the Ancient Wisdom Today audience. Go to www.helloned.com. Or enter AW Tribe and check out for 25% off your first order plus free shipping. Uh, that's H E L L O N E D dot com slash AW Tribe to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Hey, Tribe. Do you want to learn shamanism? I want you to learn shamanism because I think it's something that you need to have in your life. Shamanism is not about religion. It's about relationship, relationship to your food, 
to your body, to yourself, to your community, to your ancestors. Not to mention it gives you a lot of really cool, powerful tools and hacks that you can shift your life and lift your life in ways that you never imagined. I mean, get rid of the obstacles. So if you want to learn shamanism, I have so much to share with you. Come check it out at theshamanschool.com. That's www.theshamanschool.com. I'm waiting for you, and I'm excited. Let's be our best self. Bye. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. In the studio with Danielle Page, spiritual healer, spiritual counselor, and guide, and astrologist who's here to help us understand deeper meanings of ourselves and understand our blueprint of our life. Hi, Danielle. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for being back. I'm really honored to have you be here. It's, it's always an honor to have you in the share. Thank you. I feel the same. So what's been new on your horizon as far as, you know, your life is concerned and what you're doing in the world and the love that you're giving to people through your service? What's been new? I'm working with astrology, but transitioning to more about the collective. And I feel like that's what it's all about because that's where we're going. So understanding collective energy. Um, the way I see astrology is it's beautiful, but I see that there's so much more behind it as well. Um, and we have to really understand that so it doesn't limit us. Um, working a lot with helping people heal their hearts. That seems to be the direction where I'm going. God knows I've had a lot of experience in dating. So I think we talked about that a little last time. So I'm actually writing a book on helping people heal their hearts and understanding love from a different perspective. And that is... I know that I'm using all my experiences of everything I've been through, all the pain, and I'm turning it into light. I love that. You know, I have a lot of uh, tribal members who have taken classes with you and said it changed their life. So Aww. I just want to acknowledge you and the Thank service you. and the gift that you're bringing to other people's lives because people who've been taking your courses said it's changed their life and they've learned so much about themselves, about people, mm -hmm. and you've really given them a head start on how to be able to move through these difficult times that we've been living on earth. So thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> you Thank deserve you. to feel good. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, what we, we're coming into this new year, right? And it's been a little bit choppy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is that? You know, we just, we just lost an amazing um, basketball player, you know, who has just been such a, a, a bright and shining light on the planet. And, you know, there's all these tumultuous experiences that are taking place for people right now. What is going on? Yeah, we were just talking about that a little bit, and that's been hard for me um, because it's just painful. I've been feeling a lot of the collective energy as well. Um, so it actually started in 2019. Um, 2019 for so many people was really intense, really rocky. Things were getting pulled from their life. Things were getting taken, and it was waking people up. So I would say the energy started in 2019, and that was because of two planets, Saturn and Pluto, were coming together. Saturn is about discipline and structure. Pluto is about complete transformation. So it pulls things out and it's about death, not so much always literal, but the death that we have to go through. So it pulls things out. So that's why 2019 was so hard for so many people because those two planets were coming together. On top of that, we had the collective south node matching up with the with Saturn and with Pluto. And so when you have all three of that together, it was like dynamite. So 2019 was intense. And then the south node is pulling energy out. It's almost like um, just opening 
my teacher always says like a trap door, you just open it up and it just let everything fall out that's not serving you. So we had that intense energy. Then moving into 2020, we had an eclipse and Christmas in 2019. And then in the beginning of January, we had another eclipses and eclipses are game changers. I always tell people, don't worry so much about Mercury retrograde, focus on when the eclipses are happening and look at what's happening because that's when things in your life are going to shift. So 2000 or 2020 started out with an eclipse and then we had that Saturn and Pluto that were matching up and coming together all of 2019. They became exact. So when you have that intensive energy, it's like dynamite coming together. And so it almost was like a wrecking ball just coming all through 2019 and it comes together and it's powerful. So we had a lot of that um, going on and that's how we started. So when everyone was writing all these posts of like, 2019 was shit, 2020 is going to be my year. I'm like, listen, I'm all about encouraging you for you being you and you doing it. But we have to be realistic that it's not like all of a sudden everything is going to be roses because we have to look at everything and we're going into a heavy year. So Mm. that's how we started. So actually, February 1st, Happy New Year right now. Let's start. We're starting over. Right. Happy New Year to you. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I had my own, uh, you know, whirlwind of events that took place from December all the way in. Don't want to go too much into it, um, but it was definitely tumultuous and very emotional for me. Uh, You know, I think that... It's really funny because we do create these ideas like the next year is going to be better than the last year. But then we try to like use that as a, like a marking judging point, right? Which is really fascinating to me when the idea of evolution is always about getting us to become more like vulnerable and be able to help us to let go of more that we're holding on to that we don't really need. And the process of humanity has always been about holding on and, you know, and being resistant and, you know, and being stubborn about letting things go. So I always think like the person who's going to have the really better year is the one who's willing to let go more. Yes, yes. What, what would you yes. say about that? A hundred percent. And that's everything you were describing was Pluto energy because Pluto is not this jerk. You know, if we're going to label it, it's a vibration. But if you hold on and you resist, Pluto persists. And so you have to surrender. It's that same analogy. It's the same thing. You have to let go. And Pluto is that example. I always say you could have this like, you know, five-year-old going to school, holding a teddy bear and um, wouldn't let go of it. But then the parent says, okay, it's time to take the teddy bear away. And what does the child do? It's going to have a complete temper tantrum, tantrum, but the parent knows that it's going to be better for them so they could talk to other children. So that's Pluto. Pluto is like, I know you think you need this. I know you think you need this relationship. I know you think you need this job. I know you think you need this house, but you don't for where you're going. And I know you can't see where you're going yet because the lights are out, but you're going to be okay. But what do we do as humans? And especially the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, um, and uh, who am I forgetting? Taurus, Leo, uh, Scorpio, and Aquarius. I just went blank. Yeah, all the fixed signs. You guys hold on more. I mean, I'm a Taurus. Yeah, I find myself, you know, it's funny because I I used to be a hold on person, but I'm more of like, I'm just going to let go and let myself go down that that whatever river that river has for me and just know that I'm going to be okay. But I think a lot of that came about from when I died because yes, yes. I used to hold on to everything. And then the moment I died and I realized like there, I don't really have a say in this other than the fact that, yeah, I have a say like what, what, you know, what I would like to experience and so forth. But, you know, source God has a plan. Yes. And 
I either go with the plan or I, you know, I have a hard time, right? And so I just learned to be like, okay, I'm dying. It sucks. I hate it. It's horrible. I'm dying. I can't believe this is happening. And after coming back to life, you know, and being resuscitated and then being back in life in a physical body, I have a lot more ease in letting go now because I went through that experience. But if I did not have gone through that experience, Mm -hmm. I would have definitely said that, I would be a little bit more stubborn and the need to hold on, you know, mm-hmm. even though my assistant is in the room right now and she's like, you still have some letting go to do. Well, of course we all do. We're human, but that's the wisdom that you get. We don't, I don't think any of us are that nonchalant and that, okay, I'll just let go until we go through hell. And then we learn that we can't fight against it. And so everyone says to me, like, you're just so patient, you know, you're waiting for your right person. And I'm like, well, it's not that I'm just so patient. I've just learned that w- what am I going to do about it? You know, I go and live my life, but there is a bigger plan for me. And so I'm not going to fight against that, right? So it's the wisdom that brings you to that place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even remember uh, this one psychic said to me like, oh yeah, you're going to be in a relationship with a girl and she comes from a military family. And I just literally like went, (laughs) like laughing on his table. And he's like, what's so funny? And I'm like, first of all, I would never date a military girl, just so you know. Okay, so you're wrong, you know, and he's like, I'm just here to deliver the message, Shaman Dirk. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, but the message was wrong this time, you know, and it was really funny because when I met my girlfriend, she I was like, told her the story and she started laughing and she's like, I am from a military family, you know, here's a and I said, the guy said there's two boys, there's a guy and another man and they're dressed in blue with like a gold buttons and she sends me a picture of her dad and her brother and I'm yeah. just like you got to be kidding me yeah. and it's it's the best thing that ever happened to me right but it's the same thing it's like we we think we know what is right for us yeah we think we know all the time but do we really no we don't our ego right we, we follow our ego and our ego thinks we know what we want but our soul our soul knows yeah but our ego oh. just follows our narrative by the things <laughs> we focus on yeah so what we're focusing on could be something that we've been programmed with either through media or through magazines or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's the idea of like maybe we need to – and I'm just saying this, right, because I just love playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, but maybe we need to just kind of like shut up, right, and just be like, you know what? I want a relationship and I want it to look like this and I want the person to be like this. But you know what? Maybe that's not the thing that's going to make me really happy. Yep. You know, maybe I just don't say what I want and just say this, like, hey, God, hey, source, deliver me to that which is in my highest good. So I'm cheering right now. You can't see me, but I love that because everyone always says to me, you have to make your list. You have to do this. And honestly, I'm like, you know, I have the feeling and the vibration that I want to feel, but I, that's what I say. How do I know my ego wants it like this? My ego wants him to look like this, but how do I know that's for my highest good? But again, you have to go through all this. Otherwise, you you know, that's why all these, I have a, I have a real problem with manifest your person in 29 days. Like all these things that you see online, I have a big issue with it because sure you can create anything. It's a law of attraction. If I really focus on something, I'm going to create it. But is that for my highest good? What is again? Sorry, I was choking on coconut water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're all verklempt over here. (laughs) I was like, I took a sip of my coconut water and then you like said something and then it was like, it was just like, ding. And so, yeah. No, and it's it's that point where we as human beings have to ask ourselves if like 
the the path that we're actually on is it governed by someone else's idea of what we what is right for us and so we follow it because we're afraid to really allow source to show us what's right for us because we're afraid we'll be disappointed because we don't like being controlled or we don't like be, having people tell us what to do or maybe it's because of the fact we just don't trust enough in source to guide us to that which is in its most highest good for us so we're just kind of like these babies these children who are just like wah wah and like you know hey like i God's like, hey, source is like, you know, hey, like I, I know exactly what the right person is for you. I know what the right job situation is for you. I know right. what the right home is going to be for you. I know what, like everything's going to be. And all you have to do is just hold space for me. Yes. And don't fight me and just know what it is that you want. And I'm going to bring you the, you know, how and get you to that space. But in that process, you have to truly surrender. Are, are we really ready to surrender or do we need situations? Like, what did you say? It was, it was Mars and, and what? That was Saturn and Pluto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Saturn and Pluto. Yeah. And Pluto is connected to Scorpio, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think I'm. So you I'm can imagine the, hold of this. Yeah, you can. Yeah, good. You can imagine the energy that it carries because it does represent Scorpio. So it's about that death and that transformation and that purging. It's a meat grinder. You put it in one way and it comes out another form. Yeah. That's what it, it's. It's a butterfly. You know, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I the love whole that experience. analogy. It's beautiful. That is Pluto to a T. Wow. I mean, Pluto's intense. I can feel it in my, in my bones, you know? Well, but. you have a thousand planets in Scorpio, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like, I feel like an eruption happening all the time. Yeah. I feel like I like a ball of energy that's like, it's like, I feel like, literally, I feel like a walking volcano, Yeah. you know, because I'm just constantly have so much energy and it's so intense and yeah, I feel that very much so. It's all your Scorpio. Okay, so I do want to go into more <laughs> things, but I know I have you, so I, got, I want to be a little bit like, tell me, what do you see f for me right now? For you, so I did look at your transits. So to people that are not familiar with that, transits are the planets in the sky. And then when they hit planets or angles in your birth chart, they signify periods of change, uh, shift in our consciousness, change um, that happens that our soul planned, our soul is ready for. Um, and these are not always just one event because usually I'm looking at outer planets and outer planets are so um, slow moving. So they take a long time. So it's like over uh, sometimes a year, over two years, and it's just grinding away. Now, you do have something that is really, really powerful. Saturn, I know stuff that, oh, I wish I could say some stuff right now that would make sense, but we're going to keep that between me and you. So Saturn is sitting on your ascendant. And it's about to approach it. So on February 11th, it's going to sit on your ascendant. It's going to be exact. That doesn't mean something on February 11th is going to happen. It's actually building to it. Saturn is about discipline. Saturn is about structure. Saturn is about getting, you know, whoever it is, it's about, you know, how you present yourself to the world. How are you showing up? It's time to be, time to look at the things you didn't look at before and time to be an authority figure. And it's really about responsibility and discipline and structure. While that's happening, it's opposing your angle of relationships. So it's a time about like, okay, are we getting serious? Are we going to continue this? Are we not going to continue this? Like that's no matter who it is, that's always the questions. So big things happen around then. So it is about to become exact on February 11th. And just so you know, it goes retrograde. It goes forward, then it goes retrograde. So in August of 2020, there's going to be more activity. And then the end of October to November 13th, it's direct again. Um, I often find the first go around is the most intense hit, 
But um, these are going to be significant periods in your life where events can happen, um, or you're forced to be more in your power, take on more responsibility. Um, it's almost like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you're setting up for the next like, seven years of your life. So it's really adding a new structure of where you're going because the rising sign, which is your ascendant, is how you move forward through life. So this is a really big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that um, it's so funny because as you're talking, like Nola and I, who's my assistant here, she and I are looking at it and we're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so does that, that, so, you know, I feel kind of like that's already started for me. Oh, it absolutely has because it's going to be exact February 11th. So it's already, it's in the works. When it's applying and moving towards, that's when we're feeling it all. Yeah. So it's already there. Yeah, because I'm already feeling that right now. Mm-hmm. That's why we were looking at each other. It's already happening right now. Yeah, and then stuff we were talking about before. So I see it. Absolutely, it's happening in your life. And this is where I want to make it very clear. With astrology, you can see cycles and you can guess things, but it's really not meant to predict. I'm not here to predict your future because you have free will of what you choose to do with the energy. But I do, when you see this, it's it's not woo. It's, it's exact. You see when the planets are activating you and you know things are going to shift in someone's life. It's just a matter of what they do with it. Right. So it's not the woo-woo because we want to stay away from that and be more mm-hmm. like focused on like, you know, the, the totality of experience for humankind, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's, it's delivering the knowledge and the understanding that basically what it's saying is it's a road. Mm-hmm. It tells you what kind of things are going to show up on that road, mm-hmm. how you react to it yes. and how you interact with it is really up to you. Absolutely. But we feel it. So even if people say they don't believe in astrology, they're still feeling the energy. They, I'm just translating what it is. Because we feel it because we're energy beings. Yeah. I mean, I didn't believe in astrology I know. for a long time. I know. And then I got my ass whipped, like many times, by the stars. <laughs> and then you see it. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm an astrologer who says, don't blame the stars. I mean, we can't be like, oh, it's just because of this. But we do feel things. So we have to adjust. You know, I'm going through a Neptune transit right now, and I know it's making me exhausted to the point where sometimes I'm in bed till like two in the afternoon working with my laptop, but I haven't even changed. I'm in my pajamas. I have no energy. And so, I mean, I can blame it on Neptune or I can adjust my life to do it. And I know it's temporary and it's bringing in other things. There's other lessons besides the exhaustion. That's what it's trying to do for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't believe in Mercury retrograde. I used to scoff at it every time someone brought it up in a conversation on dinner or like whatever. They're like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. I'm like, okay, God, please, you guys stop with the like fairy tales. And you know, it was just too yeah. much. And then everything started happening. Like my devices started breaking down and then like it's very real. people were late. And then when I was talking to someone, they thought they heard something different that I said. And I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And my friend's like, it's Mercury retrograde. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. And then it happened again. And yeah. the next Mercury retrograde, it happened again. And finally, I just went into meditation, asked my council members. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, you're being affected by the magnetic energy fields that are taking place by what's happening in the planetary rotation and da 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 da. Like, yeah. So basically, you're talking astrology. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, I because like, oh. we feel it. We're energy beings. So how could we not? Just yeah. like look at the tides with the full moon. Look at surfers and farmers. They look at the cycles of the moon. I mean, is that woo? No, it's their job. Right, <laughs> exactly. What else does it, does it say anything else about, about me this year? You can be straight up. Be straight up. You want me to be straight be up? Be straight up. All right. So there's some stuff. You know, if I cry again, <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know if you'll cry now. I feel like if we were in the middle of this or afterwards, then we can maybe see. But 
it is important for me to tell you this because you are powerful. You have so many planets. Let's see, you have one, two, three, four, four planets and an angle in Scorpio. That's a lot in someone's chart. Okay. So you are intense. You have, right, that ability to go deep. We know that. So Pluto is coming up to hit your ascendant. Pluto is that planet of complete transformation. It is literally going from a caterpillar into the cocoon, coming out in total darkness, and then coming out a butterfly, new wings, didn't know you had that, new gifts that you didn't know you had. So Pluto is coming up and it's going to be sitting on your ascendant. Now, it's not yet. I did look because I thought it was going to be this year, so I had to look at my book. It starts in 2021, but you're going to feel the energy coming in towards the end of 2020, okay? So it is a long cycle. It doesn't complete until 2022. When that comes in, like we think we know who we are. It's just everything we were talking about. And Pluto comes in and it's completely transformed. So it's going to be very interesting to see what you go through and what level, because that's all it's about is what level it's bringing you to next. The fact that you're aware of this stuff, the fact that you know to surrender, that's what's going to help you because it is, it's powerful. When I was going through my spiritual awakening during my Saturn return, I also had Pluto on my ascendant. And then, I mean, it was basically like the old Danielle died and then this new Danielle. And I had no idea about psychic anything, spirituality. I mean, I didn't even know what was going on. So it was like this new, but that was my soul. So whatever Pluto does, it brings you into more alignment with your soul. So it's all about ego denying. It, it pulls out any ego. It pulls out um, anything that we think we needed. So it's ironic and funny and not at the same time that we were just talking about this before. Um, yeah, it's ego denying. So it's it's going to be an intense time for sure. It's very interesting because um, I'm a dark writer. So I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I, you know, it's like, uh, when they have, when people say like, have you ever danced with the devil in a pale moonlight? I danced with that devil many times. Yeah. I know its steps. Yeah. I know the tango. I know the salsa. Yeah. I know the merengue and the cha-cha, you know, and like, mm -hmm. I have no problem diving deep into the darkness and coming out, um, yep. a new type of, new type of being really. Yeah. I mean, even like with everything that's been changing in my life, like from me being like very, free and open like you know so forth and now i'm more like you know suits and buttoned up and Saturn. and so forth because yep. all of these things are grooming me to do what i came here to do and you know my mentor is dr martin luther king mm. and so my focus and my and my and my attraction to life has always been about how can i be better for the people yeah. you know how can i be better for my family how can i be better in my relationships how can i be better for me and mm -hmm. if that means that I have to get ripped and broken bones and things torn apart, I'm okay with the, with the, yeah. with that rumble, you know, because for me, you know, being a dark writer is someone who's able to go through the darkness, but come out, you know, in this beautiful light. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think it's good for me as well, because that's when I get new information from yes. the elders and from the, the spirits, and I can help bring more ushering of knowledge to the planet and really support people in a bigger way. So... I'm actually very excited about that. Yeah. For you, it's because you have the understanding and that depth, it's going to be different for you than it would be, you know, 
Jennifer down the street, who maybe has never even, doesn't even know what the word spirituality means. So it's a very different concept. And don't worry, we're going to be going through something at the same time. I have it opposing my moon. So it's going to be ripping me to shreds. <laughs> so, oh, I'll be there for you. Yeah. I'm going to be on the ground in a fetal position. Just someone <laughs> bring me coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you feel like right now is the challenge for humanity? Uh, you know, we see all of these social political issues coming up, you know, where everyone's trying to find out, like wanting to blame every single person around them for all of their mishaps and their, you know, and their pains and their, you know, their fumbles and everything that you see going around. And really, what is the real issue here? Is What is the the thing that is really happening instead of people constantly pointing the finger and saying, okay, it's this person who's running an office. It's this person who's taking care of my kids. It's this husband. It's this wife. It's this boyfriend. It's this girlfriend. Where are we? What's happening? I think that if we really bring it to one point, I think it's that we're completely disconnected from our hearts. I think we've been living in lies for too long. We've been there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of what looks good. There's a lot of who you know. There's a lot of, um, you know, money. And I, I don't think money is evil. So let's just state that. But it's money in, when it's not used for the highest good. So I think we've been completely separated from our hearts. And I know that sounds very, oh, like a Hallmark card. And I don't mean it like that. I actually think it is the truth that we are disconnected from our hearts. And so we're seeing all these things because we can no longer go in that direction. We can no longer live like this. We can no longer live in a lie. We can no longer live with these masks on because look at everything that's happening. So everything is being brought up because it needs to be blown up. Right. Everything's being brought up to be blown up or shake it up to wake it up. I love it. So let's talk about that. We're, in, we're, we're, not, we're disconnected from our hearts, right? So the way I interpret that and the way I look at it is when I look at the world, I see everyone doing all of these things. Okay. If I go, you know, take this workshop and do this yoga class, or I go to Wonderlust, or I go do this thing, or I go do that thing, which is great things for people to do. Like Wonderlust is beautiful. Workshops are beautiful. You know, you can go to Burning Man. Burning Man is beautiful. There's beauty in all these different things, right? But at the same time, are we really checking in is, is, is it a mental thing that we feel that we're going to do this mental thing and that's going to make everything better, but we're not, we're like almost like bodies that are moving, but not really solely connecting. The heart itself is about recognizing the amplification of love for all beings. So are we doing it for ourselves? Or are we doing it for each other? Do you feel that people have been disconnected from their hearts um, because there's some part that they're not learning that you see um, as this spiritual teacher that needs to be brought back into the fold for humanity to be able to, you know, to level up? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I have the exact answer, but I believe it's a lot of authenticity, I think, because we've gotten away from who we are. Um, yeah, like you can go to all those events, but if you're not in your heart, you're not even present. And you're not there and you're just doing all the stuff. And I think this whole spiritual community needs to come back to really being present. Um, I have a lot to say on, I can go off on, listen, I, I think plant medicine is a beautiful thing. I think it helps a lot of people. I know people that have helped. So I think that's incredible. But I think it's being misused. And I don't think people are understanding how to really take care of themselves before, during, and after. People are going to... Anyone that calls himself a shaman that has no idea what they're doing. I found out some people from my high school are now shamans doing it. And I'm like, that person, like, they were the biggest drug addict ever. Like, they're not doing it for 
spiritual reasons. They're doing it to escape. So I don't know, off on a tangent, but there, there's a lot that we need to come back and be present with our hearts. So sure, does plant medicine help some people? Absolutely, if it's done correctly. But I don't, I think that we're just getting away from all of this stuff. So do you think it's an obsessiveness of some trying to filling in some type of void? I think it's escapism. But isn't escapism... Uh, escapism, <laughs> a little tongue-tied there. Um, isn't escapism the the consciousness of running from that which needs to be filled and um, directly? Yeah, I mean it's an addiction. We get that's what an addiction is. It's just filling an empty part of yourself, a void. Um, you know, not everyone. And again, I, I I understand it's not everyone, but I think that people are looking for answers, but we're looking outside of ourselves a lot. Right. Which and we is need codependency. To, exactly. And we need to look inside ourselves. What does that look like for you as a spiritual teacher um, for people to look inside of themselves? Like, you know, yes, we look outside of ourselves because, you know, it seems that we've been told that since we were kids, you know, that we don't have a voice. Our parents are the ones who know what's right for us. And we kind of go with their, you know, their projection of what we think is right for us because we trust in them to be able to guide us until we actually fall, scrape and, you know, and hit the wall Mm -hmm. and realize all the information our parents gave us. None of it was looked through through the lens of unconditional love and through the purpose of servicing us as individuals. Base is that information even necessary for us, or was it more necessary for them? And yeah. so we don't really do that kind of introspection with the knowledge and information that we share, right? Whereas in tribal culture, wisdom and information is passed down through generation, and the generation examines that information to make sure it's simplified, it's easy, it's accessible, and it's given in a way that actually creates change for the purpose of all beings, not just the one being. So it's an all-inclusive evolution versus the the one experience. And do you feel, based on what you're saying, because this is a very uh, good uh, place to, to, to go into, uh, and I want you to be very candid about things here because, like, I feel like even just right here in the studio right now, you're still holding back some of the things you want to say. <laughs> and I really think you should say them because this yeah. is the platform to say it. Yeah. You know, if you feel that humanity is fucking up, right, and there's something you see that we could actually better ourselves in, as a spiritual teacher, I would like for you to say exactly what that is. So what is it? Yeah. I mean, what I see is that people escaping themselves and leaving themselves and trying to find help. You, who are you talking about was the, the ancestors of the tribe that would bring the wisdom down. But if you think they were more connected to their heart, if you see that, and that's what I'm saying is we are completely disconnected from our heart. We're listening to information that comes out of fear and passed down from our, you know, parents. And, um, anytime you do anything out of fear, it's never going to end right. But that's the problem. We keep coming back to our, we need to come back to our heart because we are totally detached from our hearts. People have no idea how to even get in their heart. They have no idea. If you ask them, they think they are, but they're speaking from here. Very cerebral. They have, they have no idea how to be here and embody that. And that's what we need to do. So I, I, you know, there's really nothing that I'm holding back right now that I would want to say it's that I really don't think people are as connected as they think they are. I think a lot of the spiritual community thinks they're spiritual, but it's not really. There's a lot of judgment there. And I know this might sound like me judging. I'm actually observing and I've been seeing this time and time again, because it's not actually that inclusive. So th- there's a lot there, but if we were, <laughs> what? No, because I just had this talk the other day because I get invited to a lot of events in LA uh, spiritual events and workshops and so forth. Um, and 
and so basically, you know, I go there and I'm the only colored person, melanated person in the room. Mm -hmm. Everyone is like blonde hair, blue eyed, mm -hmm. surfer look. Like, you know, there's no, the communities are not being integrated, yeah. right? There's a lot of segregation in the wellness world. There's a lot of segregation in the spiritual communities. Um, you have people who are in the very idea of what they call the woo-woo community, mm -hmm. don't want to communicate with the mainstream community. You have mainstream people not want to communicate with the woo-woo. And I think in order for us to really create a, a, a social exchange, um, there has to be uh, a bridging effect, yeah. you know, because I like what you're saying. Like, I really feel passionate about what you're saying because I really need you to, to say it. And I think it was beautiful that you're saying that. And, I, and this is the place to say it, yeah. you know, because we're, we're, we're at such a pivotal time right now. We don't have time for like, you know, for like sugarcoating things and, you know, and, 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 you know, petting the pooch right now. Like we pet the pooch. We, we sugarcoated for years. Yeah. You know, it was quite, it was quite a fun experience. You know, everyone had a great time like checking out and acting as in a spiritual bypassing everything. And, but right now we don't have time to like hold back our tongue. Yeah. Right. So I'm really glad that you're actually bringing this point, uh, this fine point together. And really, um, and to really create this amazing experience so that we're able to be the most authentic, as you said before, yeah. right? Yeah. So, okay. So what, so what do you feel like we're, you know, you're talking about the authenticity, yeah. right? What else do you feel that we need to shift our perspective on to get to that point of authenticity? I think we need to look at who we are giving our power away to, people in um, the government, people in higher roles. And I think we need to stop, again, giving our power away and assuming that they're there to help us because there's a lot of shit that's coming out that's not. And that's part of that Saturn-Pluto wrecking ball crumbling down. The patriarchy is really crumbling. And I don't, when I say patriarchy, it's not like I hate men. It has nothing to do with that. It's that um, consciousness, that, that way of um, old, like, I'm in a suit, I, ha I make th this amount of money per year, and I just get my hookers, like, that shit is, needs to go. Like, that, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> you know, that, that's like, that's not serving anyone. That was very, like, 1980, you know? Right. But that's still lingering. So, but that's, that's ending because that's not serving anyone. That was, um, and yeah, and the women, we are stepping up and we're seeing how powerful that we really are. And I think that we have been dumbed down for so long and don't even get me started on vaccines because I think that that's dumbing all of us down. I think vaccines cause a lot of autism. I mean, we can go on a tangent about that. Well, do you think, I mean, on the vaccines, you know, because there's a lot of people who are like pro and con vaccine, yeah. right? And the consciousness of humanity is never to be one way. Or, you know, it's never to be like, this is the only way and this Absolutely. is the way to go. And I think everything is available to us as, yes. as we need it, right? But I think there's a conscious um, evolutionary choice of being able to make a decision that you want it or you don't want it without having these mandatory, you know, um, procedures or pressures on you and so forth. And I think people should have a right to decide, yes. you know, what is right for them, you know, and, yes. and really kind of make that decision. You know, I think... I think that we're 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 still we're still a very um, young uh, society. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have a hard time just hearing the truth as it is presented. With uh, we we feel still that we need to uh, make other people feel happy and comfortable so that we can feel comfortable because we want to avoid conflict. Yes, 
And I think that when we get out of that very like, you know, because we're still little babies, you know, mm-hmm. that and we get more into that mature state of like, I'm such a mature, spiritual, awakened being. I can hear the truth without making myself bad or, you know, uh, or, um, or wrong. And I think that's the narrative that we get stuck in is that we keep going back to this, you know, to this understanding of like by hearing the truth and it and it goes against us in some way, we immediately think that something's bad with us or something's wrong with us instead of us being able to recognize it as an opportunity of love, as a love expression, Mm -hmm. a love expression of like, for instance, like my team, for instance, right? Um, From my publicist to my assistant to my manager to, you know, everyone on my team have free reign to tell me exactly what they think about me. And it may upset me and it doesn't matter. And actually, I, 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 I welcome it. I even mm-hmm. say to them, if you can't step up to me and, and tell me where I'm screwing up or where I can be better, then I don't really feel this love connection that you say you have with right. me. Like, I don't think you're really in my corner yes. if you're not willing to call my bullshit, mm-hmm. which I talk a lot about. In, in the, if we start removing these barriers and these walls and realize that the definition of true evolution is love's you know, understanding, love's vision, love's focus, then I think we can get an alignment to what you're saying. But the question is, um, do these planets need to come into play? Are these things predestined to make us have to go through that process of elimination. What you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, we get more in alignment when we're in our hearts, to go back to what you were saying, and then we don't have to be so afraid if something is not doesn't work for us. If we're in our heart, it's like, okay, yes or no, we can make a decision. But yes, the planets, we all chose to be here at a certain time. We chose to come here to help the universe evolve, to help Earth evolve. So we're here for a reason. So our, what? how do I say this? These planets, do we need them? They're a part of us. Like the way we, do we need to breathe? Yes. So do we need this? Yes, because they are us. So they're there to teach us. They're our lessons, they're teachers. So, you know, there's a shadow side and a higher octave of everything that the planets do, but it's our consciousness level of how we work through it. So, Yeah, but I'm going to take it to this. There's this one point that just came to me right now. Yeah. It's really just mind-blowing for me, so I got to share it. Let's hear it. Okay. What if the universe is consciously interacting with our own consciousness and that the planets and the stars and the eclipse and everything align based on what we're doing here on earth? And so the outer affects the inner, which would be the earth, and the inner of, the, of ourselves, which is inside of us, is affected by the outer, which we consider the earth. And so the outer and the inner are interactively entwined through this cosmic interlinking of consciousness that as we evolve, the universe outside is doing things to make certain energies and frequencies and, and magnetic pools to shift us because we have a stubborn nature in our cosmology as human beings. What so do you think about that? basically the matrix. <laughs> well, the matrix yeah. has a construct, right? Yeah. But the outer universe, the stars, the galaxies, you know, Pluto, Venus, all these different things. Because I'm thinking like, why is astrology and why is it like Copernicus and all of these people back in the days who were like these astrologers who were like telling and foretelling like what was going on in, yeah. in, in, in life, right? In those ancient days, you mm-hmm. know, where they would burn you if you made a mistake about your prediction about yeah. the planets, right? Are, we're so predominant in society 
because they, these astronomers and so forth were necessary for the development of humanity on Earth. Is it necessary to say that the outer galaxy is connectively, consciously aware of our connectiveness to it through our, our sub deep subconscious or our, our consciousness in general. And so every time we are about to do something, it's 10 steps ahead of us. So it's now bringing a comet. Now it's bringing an asteroid. Now it's bringing a this. Now it's bringing that, which creates certain energy um, effects um, our, on our planet that make us have certain experiences within our biological system that make us have certain emotional releases or pressures or certain things like mercury, mercury, mercury retrograde or any of these types of situations are taking place because we're in this complete cosmology um, with the consciousness of the universe itself. The consciousness yes. of the universe is observing us and then being 10 steps ahead of us to give us experiences so that we can move through. Like, I'm like I mean, you got to say like, Saturn and Pluto, that's a really strong connection there. Yeah. And to actually be squeezed through those two um, energies, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to come out with different clothes, yes. a different personality, yes. and you might even have your name changed, Yes. right? Mm -hmm. So who's to say that the planetary um, experience that we're having is so much more advanced than we actually know, and what you're actually reading in the astrology and the stars and all that is just what you see happening, but these things were already pre-set up based upon the energy that it saw us going into 10, five years ago, knowing the trajectory of our path. I mean, I think that was beautiful, everything that you just said. And I think the reality is we don't know because we're, we're limited in some respect. We don't know. I, I don't have the exact answer, but I love how you put it all together. And yes, is this helping us? Is this working for us? And when these planets happen on one level, we talk about Saturn and Saturn's structure, but at the same time, because it's energy and it's a vibration, it's upgrading um, our energy body and bringing in new codes and bringing new information for us. So it is, it is, um, what's the word? It's an intelligence. So it's actually actively changing the structure of our body at the same time. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Why aren't we doing these tests? Don't even get me started on that. I mean, I have to like push through doors to be like, it's not bullshit. Hold on. You know, so <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I get it. Being a shaman, you know, and coming into the and sharing the knowledge into the modern day, I have to always find words and, you know, and ways to explain it to the mainstream yeah. in a way that makes them understand it. If it's be if it's scientific or if it's, you know, more based on theology or, you know, principles of like human development. But the consciousness itself cannot be just dismissed. Like consciousness is like, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a time where there was a person who was like, one day we're going to have electricity. Uh, it's going to be coming, you know, into our rooms and lights and this and that and the other. I mean, that could have been, you know, we had no facts or information about that. There was no testing about any of that. Should we dismiss consciousness just because it doesn't have facts proven by science? Or should Not we embrace it as an opportunity for exploration? I'd say it's the same thing. We can't dismiss it because... Has anyone ever, and I know the answer is yes, but I like to break it down to make it so simple. Have you ever had a gut feeling of like, oh, don't drive there or don't turn there? You, you can't scientifically prove that, but we all know we've had those feelings. So we don't disregard that. So we can't prove all this stuff because we, we don't even have the capacity for it. What if we don't even have the, we don't even have the devices? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. like, what if even the fact that, the fact that we listen to music on planet Earth that's creating all of these esophageal tones and frequencies and octaves and so forth are not actually affecting our evolution on some level. Mm. Well, it depends on what music, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yep. Right. But we don't have the, we don't have the equipment and we don't have the procedures and we don't have the lab and we don't have the things that are set up to actually look at how frequency is affecting us when like people in one country is listening to hip hop and other person's mm-hmm. listening to rock and roll and people listen to classical, all these different tones and frequencies coming yes. off the planet. How, are, how do we know that's not affecting our evolution on some level? Well, it absolutely is. And they put the subliminal messages in there. So Hollywood in itself, you know, with the music industry, there's, there's yeah. a lot of darkness. Yeah, I call it brain sting. Yeah, there's a lot of darkness in there. So it is affecting us. But I, the planet's also because it's new consciousness that's coming in. So we're opening up. Or even in the end of two, or 2020, um, we're moving to way more air. And in 2021, which is more ideas, more information. So things are going to move a lot quicker. So this new consciousness that comes in brings new ideas. But it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did I just feel it coming in? Or did this idea come to me? It's the same thing with psychic information. It's like, were you thinking about me first? Or was I thinking about you? But either way, we were both thinking about each other. Right. Or the same thing is that I was in a gym with you last night, but you were in another part of the world and you're still up. But because in the spirit world, yeah. time doesn't exist. So someone could be up in, in this part of the world and another person could be sleeping in another part and they dream about each other being in the gym at the same time because they, in the spirit world, they actually in the same time in the same plane yeah. because their imprint is there and their yeah. imprint is just as conscious as it is for them to be there or not be there. Yeah. Which is quite amazing. Wouldn't it be kind of cool? And I just got, this is my cool factor here, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be cool that in the future, we have these homes and we have this board that like on the wall, you know, and it tells us like where the planets are and what's affecting us on the earth. And so we actually make decisions based on that kind of understanding. So like all of a sudden the mom says, oh, we have, you know, Pluto and Saturn um, affecting us right now, honey. Make sure you wear your this and make sure you wear these colors and make sure, you know. So we have this kind of like way that we interact with our inner and outer galaxy so that we are actually in alignment to the energy frequencies that are showing up on the planet that are unseen and invisible. How rad would that be? That would be amazing. And to get there, we have to move out of our head and into our hearts. So it keeps going back to that because if we stay in our head, like for example, my father, a great person, in, but he's an aerospace engineer. I mean, he thinks all of this is just crazy. He doesn't understand it. It's just he's so in his head. And I'm like, that's okay. It's his journey. It's fine. He's still a good person. But we have to move out of our heads and into our hearts because that's where everything is. Right. And he's an aerospace engineer. And you're the, and you're the daughter of an aerospace engineer. And yeah. you're basically dad being like, you know what? You do the aerospace engineer. And I'm the aerospace engineer for understanding how the planets and all the energies work that you're actually building things for. Yeah. I'm like quantum physics dad I'm like you need to study this quantum physics I said that word to him the other day he's like what's this word quantum I'm like oh dad we have a lot to talk about I'm like you know a lot but you don't know a lot at all but it's okay this is where you're at (laughs) it's okay (laughs) yeah that's the best thing I think it's like it's okay it's It's okay okay. it's okay okay. yeah Yeah. and don't don't get upset with people because they're not where you're at I think that's very important um so we are you know um very happy to have you on today's share thank you is there anything you want to share like that's, that's in your heart that you like to share with the tribe? Um, yes, I would love to share this. It's in my heart. We're going to talk about Venus, but it's also just something, an interesting fact for 2020 that I think everyone should know. We have um, both Mars and Venus going retrograde in 2020, which doesn't happen often. Mercury retrograde um, happens often, but um, Venus and Mars do not, and they are the relationship planets. So there's going to be a lot of rev- review this year on relationships how do we show up? What is our self-worth? Um, are we meant to be with them? Is it uh, for our highest good? How do we assert ourselves? How do we use our sexual energy? So there's a lot of review about that, um, especially May. It's going to come in. Um, 
yeah, May is going to be an interesting month for a lot of people. But then, yeah, we have the relationship planet. So that actually sets a big tone for this year. And so we have a lot of review to do on our masculine and our feminine, which is actually going to help balance the energy because we've been misusing it. So that's, I think people need to know that. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, you, the, I mean, I think we misuse masculine and feminine because we actually separate them. And, and yes. I think the, the universal consciousness is asking us to bring things into synergy. I think yes. synergy is the key to true um, human development. I keep saying this all the time, and I'll, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I keep saying we are removing all labels and boundaries. And I keep saying, listen, I am a heterosexual woman. Like I love men, but I'm very aware that who knows 20 years from now, 10 years from now, I might fall in love with a woman because that's where we're going. And that's just the reality because it's we're moving away from gender. We're moving to souls. So I just use that example of we have no idea what's coming because we're trying to move all that away and just go to the essence of what it is. I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a soul sexual um, human being and I definitely have removed those labels a long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm really honored. I'm grateful and mm -hmm. thankful for you being here in today's studio for today's share. And um, how can people find you? Thank you so much. They can go on Instagram at I am Danielle Page, P-A-I-G-E, and also my website at Danielle Page. And you have classes too, because I know a lot of my courses, students. courses, yep, online. I do monthly moon circles, astrology classes, um, starting a membership, and um, yeah, we do a lot of things. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Danielle Page. Well, well, we're looking forward to having you back in the studio again. Oh yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling. Thank you. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. Hey Tribe, I want to tell you how life-changing the products of today's podcast sponsor, Blue Blocks, are. Blue Blocks offers an advanced lighting filtering eyewear that targets improved sleep and health. Now, I don't know if you know, but sleep is the most important thing you could ever do for yourself. Why? Because it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, and it allows your brain to be optimized and function. And I truly believe that if you want to have the best start in your life so you can live a lit life, you want to get some good sleep. And when you're well, when you're well rested, our mind and our body performs at its spiritual potential. To ensure my body gets the sleep that I need, I wear blue blocks. And I wear it because I want to optimize my life. And I wear it also because I like blocking out those horrible artificial blue lights that are emitted from man-made lighting and devices. I mean, you know, we don't even realize how much our brain is being activated by these lights. Blue Blocks offers computer glasses with clear lens to combat digital eye strain when working at a computer all day, and also yellow summer glow lens to help combat anxiety, depression, migraines, and low mood during the day. I kid you not, the signature sleep lens improves sleep when worn before bedtime. And if you want to get that sleep so that you can get out in the world and stay lit, stay powerful, and be the lit leader of legacy that you are, you got to have Blue Block sunglasses. The world-leading sunglasses, and they offer non-prescription and prescription sunglasses for readers. So this is a really amazing tribe. So I have to say, they're lit verified. 
And the best bit is for every pair of Blue Blocks glasses you buy, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need in a developing world. By taking care of your own health, well, we get to take care of someone else's health. So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code A-W-T at the checkout. And try, remember, we want to be our best self. So get blue blocks. Everyone should have them. Hey, Tribe. So, you know, I was really happy to have Danielle Page back on. I don't know if you've listened to the first episode that I ever had with Danielle Page. She made me a little bit of a crybaby, which, you know, um, was really shocking and yet also so freeing and wonderful because there's always that point where, you know, you're like doing things in the world and you hold this very strong position and you're like out there, you know, you know, bringing, um, you know, this, this essence of truth to the people so they can see their own power and everything and you're always about being strong and you know going in the places where people are most um could be a bit um unaware of shamanism or unaware of certain things and you know you have to really stand your ground and be strong all the time sometimes i get really strong where i forget that i still have my armor on right and the first episode that danielle did with me was so um wonderful because she completely disarmed me where i became a little crybaby and my vulnerability was there and when you have that armor on and you go from like armor vulnerability armor vulnerability it is um really touching on on so many levels because it reminds you of your humanity and it reminds you that you don't have it all figured out which is so refreshing sometimes when you're in that position of power and you're like in the world and doing stuff like that and sometimes it's just nice to be kind of like brought back to that reality that you're not so far away from yourself and far away from the people and i think humbleness and humility in moments that we capture those experiences is such a beautiful place to sit you know and for me to have that really nice cry with her and the first time she was um on the podcast it was really beautiful and life transforming for me and so having her on the second time has been really wonderful and what i love about danielle is that you know she brings a beautiful charm to the things that she talks about you know i love the thing that she said about how we're disconnected from our hearts and i really had to pause for a moment and think about that and then look at that from a very bigger broader scope and what i looked at is that we are disconnected from our hearts not because we really want to be but the system was built in a way that makes it so that we are disconnected from our hearts i mean think about it you go to school as a little kid right and the first thing you're taught in school is the things you're supposed to do such as take a nap here's your box with your little stuff in it here's a little art box here's the playground where you go with the kids you know for recess and then your parents pick you up here's where you put your backpack here's where you hang your jacket and here's we have lunch time and this is what you're going to eat and your, your little you know lunch box or lunch bag or whatever and so forth right um and then you learn about abcs and you learn about like you know matching things and you know all this stuff but in all of that experience when i go back to those thoughts 
which are quite unique and interesting when I go back to them because I can see everything so vivid. The thing that I see that's missing from it is that none of that experience with any of those teachers who were there were teaching me about my heart, teaching me about love and connection and empathy and understanding and compassion and helping me have that level of emotional intelligence that allows me to recognize a human being and also recognize myself and be comfortable in my interactions and connections because I'm staying present in my heart. And so I'm able to truly build a real connection, a real memory that is held in not just what I'm doing, but also what I'm experiencing. And so then I thought, okay, let's take it a little bit further. So you go, to, you go from you know, kindergarten and you're now in elementary school. And again, you're out playing in the, you know, in the sandbox with the other kids and tire swing and the swing set and on the playground. And you know, you're you know, following, you're going to you know, assemblies and you know, you're doing projects. And maybe you have the science fair and you have all these different things happening, right? But out of all those teachers who are teaching me in elementary school, none of them are teaching me about connectedness, that we're all connected, and that the person who's in another country across the sea, I'm connected to them. And I'm connected to the tree, and I'm connected to the plant, and I'm connected to everything around me. And when I'm in the heart, I'm able to be present with those connections. And... I'm able to be present with myself. And so when I go back to the memories in elementary school, the things that I remember the most was my science fair with my volcano that I built, that my father didn't put the right amount of um, dry ice in the bucket to make the smoke come out of the top. And he actually put more. And so it just kind of made the whole thing one giant smoke bomb, which was hilarious because I worked really hard on that project. So I remember that. And I remember the assemblies and the spelling bee. And I remember being on the playground, spinning this tire swing around until we got dizzy. And I remember talking to friends of mine. And I remember these things. I remember my teachers teaching me things. But I don't remember anything emotionally connected to the heart. And then I go and I reflect upon high school. And I remember going to high school thinking, actually, not high school, junior high. And same thing in junior high. I remember just going from class to class to class to class, listening to a bunch of different people telling me a bunch of different things. And then wondering who's, who's seeing who, you know, who, who wears the cool table and, you know, all of these different things. And if I'm in drama class and, you know, what goes on after school and who's hanging out what and what's going on in the sports as far as the PE, you know. And again, I don't really feel any connection in my heart. And then I go to high school and even more so, you're dealing with these, now you're in what we call social dissonance, where everyone is put into these groups and these modules of like, you know, the jocks and the cheerleaders and the nerds and the skaters and the people who just don't care and who probably skip class and, you know, ditch school, you know, and the ner and everybody's in these little categories, right? You have like, you know, the ones who do the best at school, the ones who don't, and like everything. And you hang out with what you feel that you are or what accepts you. 
again, no connection, right? And I remember being in high school, throwing parties uh, when my dad would go out of town and inviting all the different social groups. And when they saw each other at the party, they're like, why would you invite that person? They're the biggest nerd in school, Turk. And I'm like, the biggest nerd in school could be the new tech giant in the future, or it could be the most amazing, you know, scientists that we've ever met. And like, we can learn from each other, you know? And I started educating my friends about this. And at first it was like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and it was all based upon who was cool and what everyone was doing and who was in the cool group and how cool you would be if you hung out with this person or that person. And when they would come to my parties, I would just basically say to everyone in the beginning, we're all here to have fun. So let's have fun. Let's learn from each other. Let's have let's experience and sort of intermingling people through helping them learn to learn something different than what they know. And I did it because I loved everyone. I loved my nerd friends. I loved my skater friends. I loved my rock and roller friends because we loved Metallica and we loved ACDC and we loved, you know, our music, Pantera and all of the things that we were into, Guns N' Roses, like you name it. And then I loved my jocks. I loved the athletic side. I loved going out and, you know, I don't know if anyone knows that I was a cheerleading coach, um, cheer captain um, of a cheer squad. And... Uh, you know, I loved being out there on the football field and, and coming up with cool cheers and like everyone getting into position and like lifts and all this great stuff and cartwheels and flips and how we just, you know, kept team spirit. I loved all that. And I loved hanging out with my jock friends. I loved hanging out with my video game friends. We'd play video games and put in all the code so we can get to because in my days we didn't have games that were like so sophisticated as they are now our games was like you had to put like c backslash you know semicolon blah 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 just to get like a little beep little dot on the screen and then this dot does things and you read a book that goes along with it, it tells you what it's actually what's really happening which is really just this dot going back on the screen but it tells you like oh this bigger dot is a dragon and you're like oh what do you do with the dragon kind of thing so you know, but the thing was, it was fun and it was great. And, you know, and I loved my skater friends. We'd go skate at my friend Philip's house after school and everyone would go skate around. We'd hang out at 7-Eleven and we'd do all these fun things. And then, you know, and then of course there was me with my gifts and my powers and my potions and my, you know, my whole room that was built in my house. That was a place where I'd go and practice all my shamanic abilities and skills and knowledge and all this kind of stuff, which people always wanted to come over to my house and get a look at my family, you know, because my family all had powers and they, it was like being in a house where, you know, you have all these powers. Um, and then of course, then you have, people wanting to come over and be like, hey, can I check out your, your spirit room? And can I, can I, what's in this jar? And what does this thing do? And why do you have these symbols here? And what is this and what is that? And, and you know, and I realized that like, I had all this love for everyone. So I was in my heart, but I realized that not everyone else had that kind of love because it wasn't taught to them. People would come over and be really interested in what I was doing, but then they would judge me and tell their parents what they saw and their parents would say i'm doing black magic or i'm evil or i'm dark or stay away from that kid he's not allowed to come to your birthday party or kids would come up to me and say you know my parents says you can't come to my birthday and i'm like why They're like well they said they, a lot of things that you do is weird and strange and it's the work of the devil i'm like no it's not 
it's just me building relationship with with certain elements and certain plants and certain things that is a part of who I am and you know no one really understood and you know I started realizing that a lot of the bullies and the things that I went through and a lot of the judgments and ridicules and people laughing at me and talking behind my back and calling me names and all of these things that I went through was because we weren't taught how to be in our hearts. So I was reflecting on that when Danielle said that in our share, where she said that we're disconnected from our hearts. The question is, have we been connected to our hearts? Are, only, are we only connected to our hearts on Christmas or when we fall in love with someone or when we call someone our best friend because they have so much in common with us? But what about the person who doesn't have something in common with us? Can we let them into our hearts too? And, you know, and when we think about like what, what Danielle is talking about, right? It's like, you know, this negative energy that started in 2019, right? But what's the negative energy is also there to challenge us and to teach us so that we can become wiser, more powerful and much more insightful beings. But the, the key element here is recognizing that, you know, why it was so hard for people is because Saturn and Pluto came together. And, you know, I've heard people say that about that, you know, Saturn and Pluto, really intense energies coming together, right? And that we're going into this heavy year and that has been this heavy year for a lot of people. But at the same time, heaviness and weight, again, in words that describe those things are all based upon what? You got it. Perception. So the way we choose to perceive our experiences matters how much we're present in the heart of hearts, which is our core truth, which is where our authenticity is. The place that doesn't care if people like you or not because you like you and you're filled with love and that love is now emanating through your being to other people's beings, regardless if they're open to it or not. That is the principle of what you stand for and who you are. Like when I invited all the people to my party at my dad's house, right? And they're coming from different social groups, but I helped them to have fun and, and an atmosphere and party together because I helped them to realize how cool it would be and that each of them learned things about each other. And they did. But what I found fascinating was the moment they went back to school, they went back into their social groups. And the only time they actually intermingled was when they were at my parties. And I threw some pretty bad, amazing, uh, I'd say bad, but, you know, I'm pretty badass. I threw some pretty amazing ragers. You know, of course, you know, if you've seen movies like um, Tom Cruise's film, like Risky Business and all these different things, you could probably figure out that I was one of those kids. I threw ragers and had the most fun and everyone was having the best time ever. But when they'd go back to school and be like, that was a cool party, Derek. That was amazing, Derek. Oh my God, Derek. That was an amazing party. But then they'd go back into their social groups and act like they don't know each other. And then it, it makes you wonder, is that because they weren't taught 
to live in their hearts, but they've been in their head. And their head is programmed by this matrix, by the system that tells them to separate themselves, label themselves, and put themselves into a category so they can understand themselves, but not understand who they are, but understand themselves by what can be accepted by their parents or by their society or their people around them. Like, why was it so difficult for my friends who were considered the nerds to hang out with the jocks? Because, of course, a lot of my friends who were jocks had parents who were overachievers and intense. And we'd be like, why are you hanging out with this person? Like, they're so weak. Or it could be a multiple of things. Maybe they thought that they were weak or it would take them away from what they needed to be. Whatever the case is, and I can't really say what it is, because it's different in various different person to person to person to person. But what I will say is this, is that why couldn't they just everyone get along? And I'm sure you've asked yourself that question yourself. Why can't people just get along? I mean, on earth at least. So what? We have social differences. So what? There's different types of people on the planet. So what? There's different people who enjoy certain um, relations and connections and intimacy with people of the same sex and whatnot. Who cares? Like, why does it have anything to do with you? Does it have anything to do with you? Not really. So why do you let it bother you? And so, and if it bothers you, then maybe it bothers you because you're repressing something in yourself. I mean, I know I did. And then I stopped repressing it. And then I was like, oh yeah. And my girlfriends were like, yeah, that's fine. It's whatever. The point I'm making is that we have the ability to move from that place, right? But we have to realize that we are connected more than we think we are. And that it is time for us to build a bridge and to stop sugarcoating for people. Because if we keep sugarcoating for people, we're not building strong brothers and sisters to stand with us against the tides that are coming. And there are tides coming. And we need to be ready. And so what I gathered from this understanding of what Danielle was saying and what my takeaway from it was, is that it is truly important that we start taking responsibility and that relationships are about transformation. It's about finding out new gifts and new ideas about yourself that you can grow and share with the world to amplify more love into the world. So right now, everything that's happening in this year is about blowing up spots but blowing up things to get people out of codependency and into independent understanding and conscious living. So we can really take down these false ideas on earth that really don't support us but keep barriers between all of us. Just think if all of us had no barriers and we were willing to intermingle with all types of people Think of what we could learn, what we could gather, what new pathways and doorways into our mind would be open. We would literally understand that we are more powerful together than apart. And the system wants to make sure we're apart and it wants to make sure you're in a box and it wants to make sure you stay there and you shut up and you do as you're told to do. Just like school, right? Or just like 
Religions, you can only ask so many questions, but you can't ask questions that they don't want to answer because those questions you're not supposed to ask because those are the questions that would get you thinking in contrary to what they're saying. So you can only ask questions that make sure that you are learning about what they're telling you and teaching you. God forbid you'd ask a question that makes them explain why they're teaching you this, where it really comes from, and do you have facts to back up everything you're saying? Meaning, is what you're saying serving humanity or does it serve an idea or a box or a label or an agenda? Is what you're saying serving humanity to be greater, brighter, more beautiful, more kinder, more generous, more loving, more accepting, more in the heart, more authentic, and more real. Well, as I always would say, that's really for us to figure out, right? And the only way we're going to do so is by truly staying in that space of saying, you know what? Bring it on, universe. Bring it on. Because what you are going to be given from the universe is truly a divine blessing. Not a curse, not some horrible thing that's happening to you because the planets are not aligning correctly. Everything is aligning the way it's supposed to be for our highest evolution, for ascension. That means that what you think you are and what you have been, if you have been codependent and you have been constantly following along with the herd, Everything is there to shift and lift you out of these illusions, out of these confusions, and out of these pollutions, and to get you into a union, a deeper understanding of the well of love that each and every one of us truly is thriving for on some level. So I'm really happy that that was the takeaway. And whatever your takeaway was, that's what it was. But this is what I got from having a conversation with Danielle Page. And I encourage you to stay in your heart, be in your heart, and let's build bridges to more people, to new ideas, and to new discoveries. I love you. You can follow me at Shaman Durek on Instagram, or you can check me out at shamandurek.com and get involved in the shaman school and learn all the cool stuff we're doing. And on Instagram, get my messages, my Tuesday Tuesdays, where you get to find spirit messages for you that will shift and lift your life and so much more. Every day, tribe, every day, I'm thinking of more ways to keep you lit. I love you. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. I love Ayurveda, Tribe, and that is why I love Yuveda. Yuveda offers complete Ayurvedic supplements which support mood, digestion, joint, 
immunity, and general health. My favorite one is the mood because I'm dealing with so much energy coming from everywhere and it's always nice to keep my mood in the right place. In addition, Uveda also just launched their new essential oils, which I'm super excited about. Uveda's new roll-on essential oils are perfect for quick relief throughout your day. Available for mood, digestion, immunity, and joints, and pairs perfectly with your supplement kit supporting ideal internal and external balance. Another reason I love Uveda is that their mission revolves around paying their respect to Mother Nature, and through this they have partnered with One Tree Planted, a nonprofit organization dedicated to reforestation for every supplement kit sold. Uveda will be donating one dollar. One dollar is all you need to plant one tree. Every supplement kit will plant one tree. How awesome is that? And how cool to be giving back. Use code SHAMAN gets you 35% off a one-time order and an additional 5% off of a subscription order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today, Tribe. I love you all so, 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 so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more and remember to stay lit. I love you.